0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mac and Jack Sports Show, a Friday edition. We're live on Roku TV, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, I'm Mac with your co-host, legendary boxing writer, Hall of Famer, Jack Hirsch, as we're going to go over uh, this weekend's sports. A lot of sports this weekend. We'll have guests coming in. Uh, Carter B., our NHL expert, is scheduled to come in about 8.10. Byron Williams. And a former NFL wide receiver, NFL analyst, will be in about 8.30. Keith Tangle, host of TGI Sports Talk, comes in for his visit at 9 o'clock, going over Knicks, Pats, Yankees, college sports. And then, of course, we have the Philly sports guy, Jamie Pags, will be coming in talking a little bit about Philadelphia sports. And, you know, there's not a lot of stuff going on in MLB. There's a lot of stuff going on, of course, in football this weekend. We'll get to all that. And uh, we'll get to some of the bigger stories uh, in sports. And, Jack, you know, we'll talk about this again when Keith comes on. But the Knicks play, uh, pull off a major trade. They trade with the Atlanta Hawks for Reddish. Um, they're giving a player back plus a 20 Reddish first-round pick. Of course, Reddish is – Averaging about twelve points per game, he's not playing a lot of minutes. Forty percent uh, shooter, ninety-six percent shooter from uh, the field, from uh, the foul line. So, picking up a little scoring uh, from the Hawks jet
1: Uh yeah. Uh, they traded him basically for Cam Reddish and flip-flop draft choices. The Hawks are getting the uh, uh, a protected number one choice. The Knicks are getting a number two. Uh, the Hawks thing might turn into two number twos. You know, it depends the amount of playing time, what happens. Cam Reddish is going to have every opportunity to have a big time future with the Knicks. He's being reunited with his former teammate at at Duke, RJ Barrett. So if that works out, that's going to be a nice combo because they obviously had a lot of success at Duke. And Cam Reddish is one of these players with a lot of potential, but he just couldn't quite find his way into the Atlanta Hawk rotation. So this is going to be an interesting, intriguing move. And I have mixed feelings exactly how it might work out. But all in all, if I had to say whether it's a plus or negative for the Knicks, I'd say it's a plus making a deal like this. Because number one draft choice is Mac in the NBA, especially the protected ones, the protected ones don't have the same value as a number one draft choice in the NFL. So all in all, you know, the Knicks, you know, did okay
0: with this deal. If Cam Reddish could fulfill his potential. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not a big move, right? We're not picking up a guaranteed all-star, uh, somebody that could really add a lot of points or uh, maybe a lot of defense to the Knicks, but young, 22 years old, the Knicks are getting younger. You figure Barrett to him, as you said. And, uh, you know, I, I like I like the young players with the Knicks right now. They're building a future, and, and they've won a few games in a row. So maybe a chemistry is starting to come together over there. Well, well the-, the Hawks,
1: too, getting Mitch Robinson, that might help them a lot. They've been very disappointing this year. He's going to help them off the boards rebounding. He was a bit of a disappointment, his career with the Knicks being a number one draft choice. I think he was taking number nine overall in the draft a few years back so a change of scenery him going to atlanta is going to do him as well when all said and done it might be a win-win for both teams
0: yeah good point really good point i i it looks like um derrick jones uh the forward for the bulls will be out two to four weeks with a bruised bone um does that affect the bulls jack does that does that kind of slow him down a little bit
1: Two to four weeks. I wouldn't be overly concerned, Mac, because the playoffs is a while away, and every team in the NBA is basically jockeying for playoff position. The Bulls have been the—they've taken the biggest leap this year of all the teams with potential to all of a sudden shoot up in the standings. I mean, they've did it more so than any other team. They made a number of nice offseason additions, have a real good coach, then. Billy Donovan and any team could absorb a two to four week absence. I mean, look, I mean, teams are even resting guys, they're thinking of the playoffs and they're thinking long run such as the Knicks yesterday. I mean, they just sat out Kevin Durant. They didn't want him playing back to back games, two games in a row. Mac, what do you think about the NBA scheduling back to back games? Because, Playing an NBA game is a grind. It takes something out of a player physically. Because if you're going to put out a really hard effort, you're running up and down the court. And if you're playing a lot of minutes, and then to come back the next day, you kind of need that rest day in between. You know, your body needs to regenerate. So what do you think of back-to-back NBA games?
0: I mean, you know, I, I guess you could, you, could, you could say it you know, it it takes a toll on some of the players that play a lot of minutes, like Durant. When he goes in, he plays a lot of minutes. But don't they get a couple few days off in between a lot of games too, Jack? I mean, I I understand, um, you know, the back-to-back, but, you know, I mean, you're still, normally from when I look at the schedule, you you may not have another game after that for two or three days. So I don't know. I mean, one half dozen, one half dozen the other. I mean, if you got one game, say one day, and you skip a day and you got to travel somewhere, I mean, that, does that really count as a day of rest? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll say as a former marathon runner who used to work out really hard, I still work out and keep in shape, but it's more just recreation, keeping in shape, not competitive shape. Uh, I know hard workouts to do on back-to-back days was a no-no. Mm. When you're younger, you can recover a little quicker than – When you're older, veteran players, that's why they have a hard time in back-to-back games. And someone like Kevin Durant, let's face it, as great as he still is, and you can make an argument he's as good as he ever was, he's not as young as he was, okay? So it becomes harder on, you know, his body, something like that. But I guess, look, the NBA has to fit in their schedule. And that's the reason why you have, you know, an expanded roster you have guys on the bench it gives them an opportunity to come in and show what they can do when you have to sit down your big stars because you have to rest them and in the case of the nets their bench players didn't do themselves any favors last night mac losing to okc a team that's lost twice as many as they've won and they're playing in brooklyn they're playing at home I don't care who's out there for the Brooklyn Nets. At the very least, you beat OKC at home. And you know what message that sends Mac with the bench players losing decisively to OKC? Decisively, it's telling the team, oh, we can't win without Durant, Harden. And it also sends a message, an unhealthy message, when you lose games and Kyrie Irving isn't there. Well, we need Kyrie Listen, the night before they beat the Chicago Bulls in Chicago, big, big win, emotional win over there. But, you know, but then to come back and lose to OKC the next night, at the very least, you got to win that game. Your bench players have to rise to the occasion. And one of your bench players is Blake Griffin, who used to be an NBA star. And, and, you know, he's, he's way past his peak. I mean, is he good enough to hold a roster spot? I suppose he's good enough to hold a roster spot, but you'd expect a little more from a guy who was once a star in the league. You know, you know, coming off the bench and doing a little more than he's actually produced.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, yeah. It kind of takes the the wind out of sails after you have that big win against the Bulls, and then not only lose the OKC, but almost get embarrassed by OKC. So I agree with you there, Jack. Um, in of course, we got the big uh, football weekend coming up. Uh, wh- the first Monday Night Wild Card game ever, Jack. Um, do you think maybe the NFL is is on too many days now? I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous to say because it seems we can't get enough of the NFL. But I mean, if, if say whoever wins the Monday Night game the following week, they may have to play that Sunday, and isn't that uh, isn't that kind of an unfair? Uh, thing when you got teams playing on Saturday, Jeff. Uh,
1: I agree, but it, it's impossible to balance it perfectly. You could not have the Monday night game altogether, altogether, but let's face it, it's big ratings, it's the playoffs, and that's what pays the players' salaries. They have to understand that that's the draw. The team that's playing, the teams that are playing uh Monday night anyway, okay, uh, it's Arizona and the Rams Monday night, okay? They're getting an extra day's rest. You could look at it that way as well, sure. okay? You know, in the first game, and then in the back end, the second game, they're not going to have them play the following Saturday. They're going to have them play the following Sunday. And, yeah, it does. But, listen, aren't they, the teams conditioned to do that during the year? This Monday night football during the year. Listen, this Thursday night football during the year. Teams play on Sunday and then they play on Thursday. Yeah. So yeah. talk about short rest. But I know what you're saying, Mac. This is the playoffs. Okay. Everything has got to be as balanced and as fast as it could be for every team. But the NFL, they don't have much choice. It's either skip the Monday night game or do this. And everyone has to, you know, understand that it this it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I I I think it would have made more sense. To have three games on Saturday and three games on Sunday, but that's okay. Backstage right now. I would tell them
1: get a bye, Mac. Get the best record and get a bye, and then you have it in your own hands.
0: Backstage right now, folks. We got our NHL expert Carter B, who's joining us on a rare Friday appearance, and to talk a little bit about hockey and what's going on there. Good morning, Carter. Hey guys, how are you doing today? Good.
1: Congratulations,
0: Carter, on the Islander 3-2 win over the Devils. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> did, did you get a chance to go out there and see any of the few games, of the three win games in a row that you've had, Carter?
2: Yeah, I was there actually last night. So, uh, you know, um, fun to see them finally, uh, you know, pick up a win.
0: And, uh, you know, just got to keep it going, I guess, at this point. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, Listen. Season's far from over, Carter. So let's let's jump into the standings real quick. Get a couple of opinions from you. And um in the Atlantic division, you got Tampa Bay, Panthers, Toronto, and Bruins in the top four spot. Montreal with only seven wins. Now I know they got rid of uh, a couple of players that have left, but isn't that a huge drop off from going from you know the Stanley Cup to seven wins in last place, Carter?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, they, they lost quite a few, uh, quite a few of their key players in the off season. Um, you know, I think people were definitely expecting there to be a bit of a drop-off, but I don't think, um, you know, I don't think anybody was really expecting it to be this significant. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I I don't really have much to say on it, to be honest. I mean, um, you know, it's just been a tough year so far, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how the uh, how the draft lottery goes. If they can get a good pick, then, um, you know, maybe this is the start of a rebuild in Montreal. Who knows? I mean, so, you're going to
1: the finals, didn't that create false hope? Because they just snuck into the playoffs last year, the Canadians, okay? And then they went on that great run and especially upsetting the Maple Leafs to get to the finals. Uh, didn't that create kind of like a false picture of how they might do going forward.
2: I guess. I mean, um, you know, I I think uh you know I'm sure most people looked at the division and realized that, you know, the Atlantic was getting a lot tougher and um, you know, I mean compared to the Canadian division, I'm sure people you know, I, I saw a lot of people picking Montreal to miss the playoffs, so I think the expectation was that um you know, they, they obviously, uh, take a step back. I just don't think people were sure how big of a step back they would take. And obviously it's been, uh, you know, it's been a lot bigger than most people
0: have thought. So. No doubt. Um, so over there in the, uh, in the, uh, metropolitan, um, division, the Rangers are in first currently the hurricanes, Washington, and Pittsburgh. Now the Islanders, as I said, have won three in a row. Um, what what do you think do you think the chemistry I know three in a row is a very small a small portion Carter but you went to the game last night do you see the chemistry of the islanders starting finally to come together Um yeah I I,
2: I mean you know I, I don't I don't think chemistry's ever really been their issue I always think uh you know the islanders have been one of those teams that you know have uh have always had really good chemistry and Um, I, I still think it's the same this year. I think, uh, you know, the 13 game, uh, road trip to start out really didn't help their cause. And then, you know, just as they were coming home, they got hit pretty hard with COVID. So I I think, you know, this is one of the first times that we're really seeing a fully healthy Islander team since maybe the end of October or early November. So, um, you know, I don't think it was ever really a, a chemistry thing. I think, uh, you know, obviously they had a lot of guys sidelined for different reasons and now they're finally getting him back. So, um, you know, we'll have to wait and kind of see how it all plays out. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes.
1: Carter, the Islanders have played a lot less games than the other teams in their division. No one considers that when they look at the points.
2: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess at the end of the day though, it doesn't really matter unless you win them. So, you know, I mean, I know that's kind of me being... But they have games in that, hand.
1: But... They have games in hand. So if they could go in a little surge, they could get, you know, right back in it, at least within striking range of uh, a playoff position. That's, you know, a, a getting wild card position, perhaps.
2: Yeah, trust me. I mean, that that's one of the things I've been saying to a lot of people that, you know, have kind of been counting him out. So, um, but again, I mean, at the end of the day, though, if, you know those games in hand only matter if you win them. Right. So, uh, you know, again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. I think one thing that kind of benefits the team is that, um, you know, they have a lot of home games coming up. I mean, obviously you look at their record over the past couple of years, they've been very, very good at home. So, um, you know, again, we'll have to kind of wait. They lost
1: their first six games or something at home when the new arena opened up. So where's the advantage to being at home?
2: Yeah, and 75% of their team was out with COVID, so I don't know what, what more you want me to say than that. So <laughs>
0: There you go. There you go, Carter. Jumping right up back to the Islanders' defense here, which I appreciate. That, listen, Carter, we have um, in the Central, the Predators, the Blues, the Avalanche, and the Wild in the top four. The Coyotes in last at 8-23. and 23. They're almost as bad as Montreal this year. And for what I can recall, the coyotes had a pretty good season last year.
2: Um, I mean, it wasn't awful, I guess. I mean, I, I think, you know, the the coyotes did a lot of selling this year. I mean, I think they realized that, you know, after making the playoffs in twenty twenty and losing in the first round and uh, you know, just missing out last year, I think they they realized that they weren't going to be able to to contend with the core that they had and um You know, I I think it was the right decision of them to kind of tear it down and start over. And, you know, it it obviously hasn't been the prettiest season to start out, but I don't think there were any real expectations for the Coyotes going into this year. I think, uh, you know, I think obviously the, you know, the the, I guess the expectation is for them to get a top draft pick and that's what they want. That's what management wants. That's kind of what the fans want. So, you know, it, it sucks to, you know, I mean, to be a part of that, I mean, obviously nobody in the NHL wants to lose. Nobody in any sport wants to lose. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, if if you get rewarded with one of those top picks, maybe even the first overall pick to kind of, you know, spark that reboot a little, uh, rebuild, I guess you could say, and, um, you know, kind of start fresh, it uh, definitely helps quite a
0: bit. So the last division is the Pacific. You have the Knights, the Ducks the Kings and the Sharks in the top four. Last is Kraken, but probably the best record. It'd be, well, second best record in the last place team at 10 and 22. I mean, we know they're an expansion team. They kind of tried to change the rules a little bit on them, I think, so that they wouldn't jump up there like the Knights did, which I think is totally unfair, but it is what it is. Um, Do you you see the Kraken maybe – Finishing halfway up, I mean, not last, maybe, maybe uh, you know, a few games above the last place position. Or you think this is what they're going to be for the you know, the whole year, uh, Carter? Um,
2: I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't think Seattle's the worst team in the league. I definitely think they are worse out there. But uh, you know, I mean, they, they, I think the big thing is they just haven't been getting very good goaltending. I don't think anything else has really been. The issue, which is ironic, because if you looked at this roster on paper before the season started, their goaltending was obviously the strongest part of the team. You know, they they looked like they had problems scoring goals. They looked like they would be a a decent defensive team and their goaltending would be kind of their strong spot. And ironically enough, it's been the polar opposite of that. So, um, you know, I I mean, I, I don't necessarily think Seattle's finishing last. I don't you know, I think obviously it's too late for them to make a playoff push, but, um, you know, I mean, it's the same thing like the coyotes, you know, I mean, I, I think getting a top draft pick would really spark something special in Seattle. I think, uh, you know, they got second overall last year. So maybe if you can add another top five overall pick to that, it, it definitely, you know, uh, makes your prospect pool look a lot better going down the road.
1: Carter, the all-star game selections were announced. Uh, what caught your eye? Any snubs, any additions that surprised you? I mean, what, what did you take away from the
2: selections? A lot of players making their, uh, their all-star game debut. I mean, there were, I think out of all the players selected, there were maybe 19 of them, I think that made, you know, their first all-star game, which was pretty, uh, pretty cool to see. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to see the best players in the league showcasing their skills, but at the same time, it's, it's nice to see some different faces going every now and again, so um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I I think uh, Pellick for the Islanders was an interesting choice. I think uh, a lot of people were expecting it to be Matthew Barzell or Ilya Sorokin, the goalie, so um, you know, seeing Pellick get selected, it was, uh, you know, it, it's nice to see him get recognized for what he is, and um. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see how he does in, uh, in Vegas in February.
1: Does the NHL require every team to have an all-star representative? Does one have to represent each team the way it does in baseball?
0: Yeah, I believe that's the requirement. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about a couple, uh, and and I want to talk about the Detroit Red Wings real quick. Dylan Clark, you know, is a voting option. Uh, I mean, he he he's had a great a great year so far 32 points in 32 games and raymond uh raymond who uh is a rookie um, raymond uh lucas raymond has 30 points in 37 games and and he might get in as as they call a last man in candidate what does that mean carter last man in candidate
2: it literally means what it says it means i mean you you know they they have like a voting uh poll and you can vote for uh one player per division that you think should get in that didn't get in with the main group um you know i voted myself last night i uh i picked Lucas Raymond to get in so um you know we'll uh we'll have to wait and kind of see how it all you know plays itself out but uh i'd, I'd love to see a guy like Raymond get in um you know, even a guy like Dylan Larkin from Detroit, he mentioned before. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's having a pretty good year. So, um, uh, but obviously, I mean, you, you know, there's only a limited amount of players that you can pick from, right? So, uh, you know, you can't have everybody. It sucks to have some players left out, but um, yeah. So,
0: yeah, I guess I guess the uh, that that vote ends on Monday at about twelve o'clock. So uh, that's you know the the, the deadline for for voting on that. And I guess you can vote every so many hours too, from what I was reading. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the Rangers here. Um, Igor and man, you got to help me with this. Is it Shesterkin? Am I saying it right? Oh yeah. Shesterkin. Shesterkin. Um, He comes back, shuts out, shuts out the team. He, he, he he has 37 uh, blocks, uh, you know, when they, as they beat the sharks, um, what do you think about Igor? I mean, last year they were talking about him being too young. Of course, he had the, you know, the Hall of Famer there and, and and, his, and you know, still playing. But do you think Igor uh, Carter, in your opinion, can turn out to be one of the greats? Or do you think, you know, he's just going to be a good goalie?
2: Um, I think it's way too early to, you know, to, to judge him based on his entire career. I think, uh, you know. He's definitely an elite goaltender now. I think you look at his numbers and the way he's played this year. And, um, you know, I definitely say he's one of the better goaltenders in the league. I mean, you know, there's argument for him that he could be the NHL's MVP given. I mean, you know, I don't think if the Rangers, you know, uh, maybe have another goalie. I don't I don't know if the Rangers are as good as they are. Right. He's been that good for them. So, um, you know, entire career, it's definitely a little bit hard to. Sure. To predict that, I think some players, you know, uh, everybody has a different career and everybody's got a different career uh, path. um, You know, and uh, w- with Shostarkin, it's going to be interesting to see how it all kind of plays itself out. Um, Obviously him and uh, Ilya Sorokin, the Islander goaltender, were actually pretty good friends growing up. So, uh, you know, it's kind of cool seeing them on the, on both sides of the New York,
0: New York rivalry. So, yeah, that's cool. Very cool. So, uh, Last question for you before we let you go, Carter. The All Star break—that's that's almost officially the halfway point, correct? In the season, am I saying that um, right? Yeah, almost, right? yeah, give or take, yeah, yeah. So, so the second half of the season is where the teams really start trying to make their move to get in position, and of course, you got the trade that, trade that deadline coming up. I think it's in March. Am I saying it right? Did not get it got moved to March? Right. So. Um, Based off based off both of those things, any moves you think the Islanders, uh, Rangers, any local teams that should be making um, to, to kind of strengthen their teams up?
2: Um, I don't, uh, Yeah, that's that's a bit of a tough question for now. Uh, Islanders are going to put it uh, to be determined on that. I, I don't. I don't know where they'd necessarily wind up making moves. Uh, you know, obviously it all depends on where they are in the standings. So, um, you know, yeah. I, I can't really say anything yet. If they make a push and they maybe get closer to that, I could see them adding. If not, you know, we'll have to wait and kind of see what happens. Um, Rangers. I'd like to see at a top six forward. I, I, I like their forward depth as of now, but it's never a bad thing to have more scoring options. Um trying to think outside of that. I mean, uh, Bruins, maybe I'd like to see add a defenseman. Uh, I feel like their, their D is good, but, um, you know, I, again, it's never a bad thing to have depth going into the playoffs. Uh, maybe adding a top six, or not, uh, not top six, uh, top nine center too would be nice. Um, outside of that, I mean, I really can't think of,
0: I mean, well, Philly, what? I don't think making it. I don't know. philly i think just needs a whole new team and that, that will Philly that will, needs help on the power play they need help on a lot of yeah. plays right now we'll have yeah. bags in later and, and get him all frustrated again about when we talk about the flyers so uh well uh, i was watching
1: some of the game they had a two-man advantage you know late in the game one goal
0: down and and cash in. in. Yeah, he'll be very happy about that when we talk about it. (laughs) Carter, thanks for coming in on today's show on Friday. We appreciate you making an adjustment to come in and spend some time with us talking about the NHL. Have a great great day and go Islanders.
2: Yeah, you guys got it. All right. Have a good weekend.
0: (laughs) Take care, Carter. So, folks, backstage right now, I don't know what the heck he's doing. I think he's in the car. Uh, He's like He's, like, snapping his fingers, like, let's get going here, Mac. Uh, We got Byron Williams, our NFL analyst, and let's bring him in because we got a lot to talk about now. He's not in the car. I don't know what the heck I'm looking at down underneath here. But anyway, he come in. We got some big games to talk about. Let's bring in our NFL analyst, former wide receiver in the NFL, Byron Williams. He does this show, Byron. Mac, Byron does this show like he played the game of
1: football he says, forget about the other, you know, uh, guest hosts. Just go right to him the whole yes, time. Yes, Just go right to him.
0: <laughs> Byron is the ultimate team player, Jack. You're, you're wrong. You do anything, anything for the team. Am I wrong, Byron?
3: Hey, good morning.
0: Good morning. Oh, good morning.
1: Byron won't get on the bottom of the pile so quickly, I don't
3: think, though, but beyond that, I agree. Now I, I I'm not on, I'm not far the bottom of the pile for sure you know I'm, I'm all about going across that mill and making that first down.
0: Yes, and getting your jaw broken in the process—that's always <laughs> fun to do. So, so Byron, we got a lot of big games coming up this weekend, and what's interesting to me about them—it's a lot of different styles going up against each other, right? I mean, if you, if you think about it. Right away, you got the Raiders against the Bengals. The Bengals have a lot of weapons on offense. Their defense is okay. The Raiders, eh, they're not bad on uh, as far as weapons go, but they're more a, a running team, uh, control the clock, physical. So when you and the Raiders have a big heart, I mean, you know, they might not even should have been here this year with all the things that happened to them this year. Very resilient team. What do you what do you like about what do you like about that matchup and and, you know, you're not there on a Sunday show, so I want to get your thoughts on it. Who do you think is going to win that game, Byron?
3: Well, you know, I hats off to the Raiders for all the uh, accomplishments and hard work this year. Um, they playing lights out. But I just – right now I'm just going to go with Burrell and, and, the, and the Cincinnati Bengals just because of – they rested some players last week. I, I believe in um, game preparation. I mean, they're playing at home. Cincinnati needs something exciting. they got a lot of good young players. But you know the the Raiders, um, they have a lot of heart, and um, they've been they've been doing really well. But I just think Derek Carr, this is his first I think playoff game to play, and I just think you know the Cincinnati Bengals got a lot of great talent. And uh, you know when you look at this game, you got to look at the coach, you got to look at the defense, and as well as who can control the line of scrimmage. And the offensive line got an edge, I think, with Cincinnati Bengals and. You know, as Nixon can get in there and run the ball well, um, they just got a—they just got a great um, threat um, opportunity to, to put up some points as well. Real exciting, great wide receivers. You know, Higgins and and of course, uh, Jamar Chase um, had a great year. Both of those receivers, and plus they just got a good overall um, uh, team. I think uh, Cincinnati has been hungry for a long time. And, of course, Burroughs, man, you just can't say enough about him. He's going to be one of the the guys, going to be probably a Hall of Famer eventually.
1: You know, last week, Byron, uh, Mac, Jim Jeff, called myself, got into a very healthy debate. Mac and Jim on one side of the fence. I was on the other. I feel you should rest your players with a playoff game coming up, okay? And you just mentioned the Bengals rested their players, and you talk like it was a plus. Mac and Jim said you play to win the game, you don't hold anything back, but I think if a playoff position is locked up the way it was with the Bengals, you rest your guys. That was my opinion. They won the opposite side. The Bengals did lose to Cleveland, but I don't think they cared that much because they were focused on, you know, this weekend's playoff game. What's your take on it? Do you play to, obviously you want to win every game no matter what, but did the Bengals go about it the right way? They lose momentum. They, could they have lost momentum? Could Mac and Jim have been right? Maybe resting I their guys there was momentum, I, but I feel you rest your guys the playoff
2: game.
3: Well, yeah. one of the things that didn't change is that this is an 18, it was an 18-week season, and and so I believe in going into the playoff, you got to rest key players. I, I honestly believe that, because if you don't, then you can't count on them in the playoff, but when you got good mature players, you know you ain't gonna have no, they ain't gonna let you down for its momentum going into the playoffs. I just think you you just create just like what the Cowboys did. They rested four or five of their players last week, and you know the second running back, uh, Trey burn Digs, and things like that. So I, I I agree that you you if you don't have – if you already got a place in the playoff and your and your situation ain't gonna change that much, I think you rest your players and I think you look into. You know, the next three to four games in the playoffs, you gotta to get to that Super Bowl. So I, I honestly believe that because of the way the game have changed and 18 games, that's a lot on your body. That's why I really feel that um the people that rested their players last week are gonna have an advantage in the fourth quarter going into this week.
0: Byron, 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 come on, man. I mean, listen, eighteen games. If you go to playoffs, you're playing 18 games anyway, even last year. It does that I don't think that matters. This is the end of yeah, the season. Hey, 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 man, I, I really believe that football take a
3: hard knock on your body. And I'm yeah, of course it
0: you, does, man. Each and
3: game, you it just- has,
0: it has for years. Byron, listen, Tom Brady played even though he rested. Aaron Rodgers played even though he rested. What Jack is talking about is the Eagles rested their whole team, and they got. I don't care about Dallas resting three players. I'm talking about they rested the whole play. Dak Prescott played. So I mean, you saying that to me—I I mean, I can understand the point to a certain degree, but I know. I'm want telling you,
3: me. Bill Parcells did that a couple of times when I was there, and, and I see them do it uh, when they went to the playoff. He, if it ain't gonna change your status in the in the in the game for the the, the ranking of the playoffs, then you rest your players. I mean, I've seen them all the coaches do it. That's what they no, I, I,
0: do. You know, I've seen pretty- coaches and I've seen coaches play their whole team all the way throughout. Tampa Bay played every week as a wild card team. They won the Super Bowl. The Giants is a wild card team. Played all the, all their players. They wound up in the Super Bowl. The Eagles played all their players. They beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. They didn't rest anybody. Well, I I think listen, when you're hot Byron and you say okay, all right. Uh uh Green Bay did it last. What well, Aaron Rodgers played too, but Aaron Rodgers still played Byron. He, he fine
1: tuned, he didn't play the whole game. Uh, Jordan Love played more than Aaron
0: Rodgers. I understand Rogers. that. I understand he just that. How do you fine tune a quarterback that's been in the league for 15 years, Jack? Please, just to keep from um, oh, shock. That's all oh, it was with oh, Aaron Rodgers
1: getting oh, there. Let me just say something about the Cowboys. You give an example. They had lost the game to Arizona the week before. The Cowboys needed to go into the playoffs on a positive note. It was very important. Great. So they played guys a little more. They beat up on the Eagles' second-string team. So they feel good about themselves. Great. And That's an exception to the rule.
0: You
3: don't have to rest your younger players. You don't have to rest your younger players. They just, got, they just got a little bit more... More, more, more fuel in the pump. But what I'm saying is that you rest your players, that that you know if it ain't gonna well, change the outcome of your status of uh, where you are in the playoffs. And, that, well, and we'll that's see. what I
0: think. We'll see about that, Byron. We'll see what teams have rested, like the Tennessee Titans. Boy, they rested. Well, here I, I, the box. I just
3: think Philadelphia's not gonna win no way. They're not gonna. They're not gonna win because Tom Brady. He he done gave all kind of motivational speeches and and preparation. For the game, I just think who you have inside that locker room sometimes really matters, and I think Let's, with Tom mm-hmm. Land, with Tom Brady having the experience that he has, I think that that that's the edge that I that I look for. I mean, uh, and the, the experience, the leadership, and what they do in per, game preparation leading up to the game. I think that's the advantage that Tampa Bay have over everybody.
0: And speaking of Tom Brady, he went back in the game. Not only did he come out, he went back in the game again to throw the ball to crack. I mean he could have he got hurt, the
1: right? grant to get his bonus. Oh, he wouldn't uh, go out and give me. He yeah. wanted Gronk to get his bonus. There so you that
0: go. There players
1: go. love that. That catch yeah. All you know, The players in the locker room said, wow, this guy's always looking out for us.
0: Yeah, That's and could have right. got hurt, Jack. Could have got hurt, right? Could have got hurt doing that. Nah, get out. Come on. Quarterbacks anyway, don't get, let's hurt, get the, hurt. Let's get know, back. Let's get to the let's get to the next game, right? Again, a matchup of styles. You got the Patriots against the Bills. Patriots are going to try to control the ball. The Bills got a quick strike offense with a with a quarterback, you know, going against a rookie, a young quarterback who played very well the last couple of years can run with the ball. The Patriots quarterback is mainly a pocket passer. Um, you know, what do you th- what do you think about this game, Byron? Do the Patriots have a, have a a chance at beating the Bills? I,
3: I really I really I really think this is going to be a uh, uh, a great game. I, I think it might be one of those games. Uh, no, last time the Patriots only threw what? I mean, they uh, yeah, the Patriots only threw three three times, right? The last time they played, a couple First times day. they played. One time they played this year. Yeah. So I'm thinking that the edge goes for us. the, the quote is belated, Okay, for as the the talent it gonna go to the Bills, but I think it might be going down to the last last uh, series we had the ball last. Uh, and I think um, if the Patriot defense show up, then Buff- Buffalo's gonna have a hard go at it. But I do get an edge to Buffalo just because they have more talent and they playing at home. And and of course, the weather's gonna probably be a factor. Of course, always in Buffalo, but it could go either way. Uh, I just think Buffalo hadn't hadn't really been lights out. They they played a little bit beyond everybody's expectations, but I think. I think uh, New England might, if they had the ball last, they might might kick a field goal and win the game.
1: Well, Josh Allen doesn't play well in cold weather. And keep in mind, the weather was awful when they played early in the year Buffalo and the Patriots won there. But I agree with you. I think it's coming down to the last possession and it's coming down right to the wire.
0: Yeah. I honestly honestly think Buffalo's not going to have a problem with the Patriots at all, but we'll see what happens. Um, so we got the Eagles and the Bucks again. You know, you said the Patriots, uh, the Bucks are going to win this game. Eagles got the number one Russian offense in the league, Byron. Number one, and the and the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers give up over 10 yards per carry. So I would imagine the Eagles are going to give them a strong dose of running, keep Tom Brady off the field. I don't think good playing. I, I, I mean, he's going to be down a couple weapons. What do you think do you think the Eagles have a chance against the Buccaneers this week?
3: I think the Eagles have a great chance. I, I, I mean um the coach seemed to have them fundamentally sound. I think it's going it's going to come down to you know preparation this week and I think the Eagles you know we they rested their players so going into the fourth quarter we're going to see what what the score lies but I think what I like about the Eagles they got some heart and and they, um, they 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 got a lot of good young players that can make things happen as well. But, you know, Tampa Bay is not the same team that, that they were last year. Their defense is it's, it's not doing what they did last year. So I just think um, – but I don't bet against Tom Brady. That's just, just the way I see it. But I just think – I'm glad for the Eagles and the success that they had. But I just think Tampa Bay is going to be just like a little bit too much for them.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And, again, veteran quarterback against – Very young quarterback, so it should be really interesting to see. You know, mistakes are have a lot to do, especially in the playoffs, whether you win or lose the game. 49ers versus Dallas, another interesting style matchup. You got the Dallas Cowboys who have a very physical defense. They like to do a lot of one-on-one man coverage, and that plays right into the 49ers' hands that has multiple players that can do multiple things. Debo, I mean, their running game, they're going to get their running back back um, and more importantly, they get their big offensive line, uh, lineman back this Trent week. Trent Williams, yeah, Trent yep, Williams, he's, be back. He's going to be back. The 49ers love to run the ball, play action pass off that run. And you know, again, physical versus talent, uh, talent, the wide receiver core, of Dallas Cowboys, when healthy, is one of the best in the league. Dak's a, a probably a better quarterback right now than Jimmy G. But so, what do you go with? Do you go with the physicality of the 49ers, or do you go with the you know, the, the chance that the Dallas Cowboys score a lot of points.
3: I I just think Dallas is going to win, uh, but everybody's picking the 49ers, and I just think they they had to play. They played lights out last week, to 49ers, the second half. I don't know if they're going to have that. I don't know if they can come in here and match that energy. I'm one of the guys that look at the physical, physical cavity for us, what they did last week. Um, they had to play extra hard to win the game. I think going into the fourth quarter, Dallas gonna definitely have an edge because they rested players. I just think looking at this game, it's gonna be a high scoring game. I mean, for as as the the Cowboys gonna to have to score at least 30 points to beat them. But uh, like you said, their defense is playing life size as well. So you got to give the 49ers credit. I mean, and 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 plus the 49ers, to me have a better coach. And they got the coaching advantage on the forty nine side. So I'm I'm thinking and I'm thinking that this is gonna be the one game that uh, can go either way. To be honest with you, uh, the Cowboys have made the playoff in a long time, and uh, but the, but they've been playing well. Um, they just had a couple of screw ups against the Cardinals and things like that. But I, I honestly think that this is gonna be a great matchup. I mean, did nobody? I don't think nobody really wants to play the 49 Niners, and um, so it's one of those games that if people, go, it's gonna be an interesting game.
2: I, I just don't it. see the
1: Cowboys going on a Super Bowl run. I just don't see it. Uh, you know, the be- beating out the Packers, the Rams, the Buccaneers. The Cowboys remind me a little bit of the Rams. I mean, uh, Jim Jeff Coates said something about the Rams. They have like an all-star team, but it doesn't mean a team of chemistry that's, you know, really tight-knit. I'm not talking about friendships as far as, you know, execution goes. And that kind of reminds me of the Cowboys. They have a bunch of weapons and a bunch of so-called big game players. But as a unit, something is missing there. And we saw that in the overtime loss to Arizona.
3: Yeah, I I, I just think um, they rested the Pilot uh, the running back last week, uh, Pilot. Uh, but, you know, I, I just think, too, that uh, – it's gonna be interesting. It might it might come down. It might come down to where you know, Debo. Man, you got you got the, that boys having an awesome awesome year, and and I think if they can stop Debo, they'll stop the 49 Nineers on offense. But you know, their defense is good. they play lights out as well. So it should be a good matchup. It should be a, it should be a good game. But I just think if, if Dak Prescott can't make no mistakes, he can't throw stupid you know passes. I think he got to use his tight end as well as his, his uh, all the wide receivers. So, it should be a good game. Uh, but I, I do think Dallas will win this game um, just because of what they did last week. Michael Parson, he, he's back, um, you know, and Tyrod uh, Smith is back on offense. So, they they got a couple of players back that that they'll be able to use as well.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's gonna be one of the better games of, of the weekend, to tell you the truth. You got the Steelers going up against that high-powered offense of Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City is a huge, huge favorite. I think it's like 12 and a half points. Uh again, underdog old school football team versus the you know, the the highly talented uh offense of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh the Steelers, again, a team with a lot of heart, a coach with a lot of heart. Uh is there any chance the Steelers could beat the Kansas City Chiefs, Byron?
3: In my opinion, um, you just throw everything out when you go into the playoff, anyway. First of all, that's what I think. I think the Steelers—they, you know—they—they they are, you know, they—they they are a hardcore football team, and form and they and they know this opportunity, and so they've been there before. They got rich tradition, so I'm thinking that. Uh, Kansas City is, is a different team. They don't play like they played a year or two ago. So I think Pittsburgh have a chance. Uh, you know, I, I think the points about... A chance for what? The uh, cover... Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs going to win, but I... Hey, I, I ain't going to... Big Ben, hey, he can he can pull something out of his hat now.
1: Big Ben can't throw it downfield the way he used to. So Juju Schuster's coming back, and that comes under the classification. Every little bit helps. Listen... The Steelers defense has to rise to the occasion, and if they play a great game, a great game would be holding Kansas City to twenty points. That would be a great game, okay? And Pittsburgh, they can't muster the offense to score twenty points themselves. I mean, maybe if they play the game of their life, they can cover the points, and you know. But that—that's
3: about it. But they actually, but they think that they can win the, the game they are the best in the league, I think. With with TJ Watts and 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 uh, and uh, Big Boy '97 uh, Heywood Heywood, I'm telling I'm telling you they, they can they can they can make some things happen now. Yeah yeah, uh, yeah
1: I mean the, the question is how long they're going to hang in. TJ Watts been spectacular this year, no ifs and buts about it. But Kansas City with all their weapons and everything going, I mean th- I mean Pittsburgh's going to have to muster some offense to win the game. Okay, yeah, it's good as good as their defense that. plays, I, I, I and I that, just but, have a but, hard time seeing but let them let me scoring tell
3: you One thing I know about in the NFL, it's a whole different case scenario once you hit the playoffs. It's not like you, you don't look at the regular season. I mean, you they're going to have some trick plays, and they, they're doing something special this week. I mean, you you mean more. I mean, this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a lot of players, so I don't take the playoffs lightly, and so – I'm thinking that um, it's gonna be some new things that happen out there on that football field that a lot of people hadn't seen before. You don't just look at what happened on the season. This everything is a race. So it's a whole new it's a whole new week.
1: Okay. Well, guys, can you imagine when Vegas and we wanna put down a bet who's gone to the Super Bowl? What odds could we get Philadelphia against Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl? I mean, the so Can you I mean, imagine I mean, the odds?
0: Great odds. Hey, you know, Byron, I, I think it's more important that these teams like the Raiders, like uh, like, like uh, um Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe like the Eagles, they can't get down. They can't get down 10, 14, and nothing right away because then it's going to take them out of their game plan. They've got to get, they've got to either stay even with them within, you know, within a touchdown, or they have to jump out first. If they do that, then these teams will have a legitimate shot. If Pittsburgh gets down to Kansas City 14 0, the game is almost over. Because there's no way the Pittsburgh Steelers the offense can come back. It's the same thing with the Eagles, right? If the Eagles absolutely. get up absolutely. Get up. absolutely get up you're and absolutely possible. right
3: on that, on that, on that point. It's just like what happened last week. The Rams was up 17 0 against 49ers. And and but 49ers got some they got some talent. But the, yeah. yeah, Pittsburgh couldn't afford to do that. And I don't think I don't think the Raiders can afford to uh play like that as well. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, so our our last game is very interesting to me. Your Cardinals are going up against the Rams. The Rams are a funny team because their defense, for some reason, can't stop the run now. I don't know what happened there. They're having a big problem against the run. The Cardinals' defense has improved. I mean, Stafford, if he's hot, he's good. If he's not, he's not. And, and, and Kyle Murray, I mean, he, he's the exciting part of that machine, especially with their running backs being banged up. If he can make some plays, the Cardinals got a chance. What are your thoughts about this game,
3: uh, Byron? Well, you know, I had picked the Cardinals from day one this year. But the Rams, I mean, to me, they're just not playing a good team-oriented type football. I, I don't know what it is that they hadn't gelled yet or they hadn't put something together yet. But I, I just like – I just think that this game here on Monday night is going to be a different flavor. Uh, they' gonna be on scene all the playoff games. You know, this is the last playoff game of the week. Uh, I just, I just think that uh, they say JJ Watt's is probably gonna play, so it might be a, it might be a good game. I mean, I, I expect, but you know, I think the Rams have an edge. I just think that, uh, I, I just think the Rams have an edge, but it' gonna be, you know, I just, I just like the Cardinals. I don't know why I like the Cardinals, but I just think the Cardinals. It's time for them. Sometimes it's just time for certain teams to, to come, show up and, and win games. Well,
1: first of all, I don't think J.J. Watt's quite the same player he was at Houston. I know he provides a certain amount of leadership that's invaluable, but he doesn't have quite the same impact on the field as he's had in the past. I mean, we know the quarterback position's the most important in football by far, but I truly think this is a game that's going to be really settled by the quarterbacks, Kyla Murray and Matthew Stafford. One is probably going to have to step forward and have a very big game. I think the pressure is more on the Rams here. If the Cardinals could lose and they could say, well, we felt we were maybe one year away from the Super Bowl anyway. I mean, they're on the right path, but if the Rams lose, there's nothing good to take out of this year, and especially the pressure on Matthew Stafford if he doesn't play well. You know, and the whole Rams season was based, based on obtaining him. That gave them the most hope. Uh, so would you agree there's a little more pressure on the Rams to win this game than the Cardinals?
3: No, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. I, I just think, too, that these teams have played each other already twice this year, and so it is definitely more pressure on the Rams and the changes that they made. You're
0: absolutely right. You know, it's funny because, you know, the the Rams go out and get Matt Stafford for Goff. And at the time I said Stafford's just an older version of Goff. They're basically the same quarterback to me. And you look at how Goff's been playing for Detroit with that bad team and how, you know, how Stafford's been playing for the Rams. You think maybe the GM is having second thoughts about that trade he made? Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I I think
3: they got the – Almost similar, the same results from both from from the from the switch, but I, I just think too, and they they added some players, but I, I just think that you have to put these quarterbacks in great position to be able to use different talents around you. I I think too the Rams don't use that tight end enough and a couple other things. I mean, Cooper Cooper Cup had a great year, awesome year. You know, he might be one of the, the MVPs. So that 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 was really good and positive for the Rams as well. But you know, of course, they had a couple of injuries too. One of their key, other key receivers got hurt. But um, but you know, I, they did they did increase their 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 chance of winning with Stafford versus um, the other quarterback that they had uh, that played with Detroit. But my my point is, you have to make some changes, and I, I just think too, you have to put these quarterbacks in a great position to win these games. I mean. Uh, some of the you know trying to force the ball to to uh to L, L uh to belt the belt um uh, to to bell uh belt uh what's his name belt belt Bellham? Beckham? Yeah Beckham They're trying to force the ball <laughs> to oh, I'm like changed. You know, trying I'm... to force the ball to him is, is is one of the things too. You know, you, you so you have different pressure when you bring these superstar receivers in and More. other players in, that kind of changed the dynamic of some I of the to talk I'm about, about that strategy.
1: Listen, you would understand that being an NFL wide receiver more than I would. This is just my view. I might be off. People never talk about how important it is for the two wide, wide outs to be on the same page. And when the Rams lost Robert Woods, you know, he'd be the other wide out, Cooper Cup the other. I think that's so much a better combination than OBJ and Cooper Cup, because I think Matthew Stafford's thinking, Wow! If I don't get OBJ the ball, it's on the back of his mind. He's gonna start whining. That's why he came here. So he nearly feels obligated to go out of his way for him. Somehow, I felt the chemistry with you know Cup and Woods was so so good. You don't have the same chemistry with OBJ and uh, Cooper Cup. I mean, well, what's your take on that?
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. OBJ, he like. He like he like at least ten balls throwing his way a game, and it, I think it's changed it changed the dynamic of your offense when you try to force the ball. And then, well, the defense know that uh, you know they trying to get the ball to him. You know, a couple of couple of games back, you know they tried to throw throwing the ball in the end zone, and, and so they do force the ball into to places and areas that you like. You say Robert Wood was such a better complement to to the offense, and so yeah, when you bring in these new players, they trying to come in and and add value, but sometimes that that scheme don't work because everybody it just throws off the timing and throws off the consistency of your offense, right? So that that, that have happened with the Rams somewhat somewhat this year. They are they are experiencing that as we as we talk about the Rams. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it has a little bit to do with OBJ never playing with the Rams or Stafford before, that they kind of got to work on timing and and work into the offense and the roots, too. So, I mean, I'm not going to put all the blame that they just want to throw the ball to him. I think a lot has to do, and as Jack said, when you work with a certain receiver group, you guys know what each other are doing pretty much. You're clearing out or you're, doing the flood or maybe you're going on the post and to give uh, up and go and the other guys kind of hooking underneath you to bring up that, that safety. I mean, you work together with all the receivers and routines and stuff, right, Byron. So that has a yeah. little bit to do with it too. So, um, all right, Byron, great, great job today. Breaking down the games with us coming up. Uh, I agree with a lot, what you said, some of what you didn't, but that's what makes it interesting, right? So uh, Byron, we'll, we'll catch you uh, check out Byron on JNB talking shop every Wednesday uh, with Jim Jeff code eight uh p.m seven central and byron's with us every friday byron again thank you for coming in and sharing your views with us on the uh on the games coming up
3: all right happy happy
0: Happy playoff weekend yeah i can't wait all right byron you have a great one so there you go folks the great byron williams former nfl wide receiver for a lot of teams world football league canadian football league playing over in europe he was all over the place but a really, really great guy knows a lot about football, and that's why we have him in. Folks, we're gonna take our first break for today. We'll be back on the other side with Keith Anger from TGI Sports Talk, covering a lot of it, a lot of different uh stories with him. And we'll be right back um, after these messages. I heard
4: you want to be free, Bandito. You do then you must sing the bandito song. Let's sing together. You just follow the bouncing Fritos Corn
3: Chips bag.
4: Ay, ay, ay,
1: ay, I am the Frito bandido. Hey, I like Fritos Corn Chips, I love them, I do. I want Fritos Corn Chips, I'll get them from you. Ay, 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 ay. oh, I am the Frito bandito. Give me fritos corn chips and I'll be your friend. The Frito Bandito, you must not offend. Now, boys and girls, you are Frito bandidos too. Using the Frito Bandito song and you look
4: for crunchy Fritos corn chips. That's nice. Munch, 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 munchy Fritos corn chips. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS.
1: I'm the banana and I'm here to say I am the top banana in the world today. So now you know the best bananas in the land.
0: So don't sleep up with an inferior brand. When is it says Chiquita, it's a very good day to buy bananas.
1: Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can you come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so
4: young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol.
1: If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family, and I don't want to get in trouble.
4: When the
5: job is done, this guy'll be ready to dig into something mighty good to eat.
3: So how do you handle a hungry man? The man handlers. One of the man handlers is Campbell's vegetable beef. Gets a
5: man sized supper off to a good hot start. Mmm, good.
3: The man handlers.
0: If you're talking,
3: they will hear you. Oh, no.
0: Every single time. Oh, we get killed. Yeah, well, Kyle's not here. How come?
2: Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle's mother some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. He's zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But so why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt, that's what we expect from him.
0: What have you said to Tim? Um... Uh, Nothing really, you know, a lot of kids try it at this age. so Yeah,
2: drinking well, a lot of kids the- don't try it too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it to but they hear more than you think. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with kids about
4: underage
0: drinking, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports.
4: Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports.
0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on live Thursday through Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m. We're in our Friday edition where we kind of update you real quick and then we look right ahead quickly uh, to uh, the weekend sports. Up next on the show, folks, we have Keith Angle, who's already backstage and ready to come in from TGI Sports Talk. Great, great show live on Roku with us. Um, he's also got his own site. He's on YouTube. He's everywhere. Uh, Keith Angle. Uh, I mean, listen, people, Some it's hard to go solo, Jack. I've tried it before. It's very difficult to uh, do a, a program solo, but Keith does a tremendous job. So let's bring him up. Pop.
4: I, there he is. Nobody'll do a show with me. Thank I'm you. not sure whether or not
1: Mac is complimenting you, Keith, or not. I'm trying to make sense of it. He says you're everywhere. It makes it seem like you're looking for work, like you're begging for work. That's the way Mac's making it seem.
4: Hey, listen, we'll work for food and beer. That's all I can tell
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> and as I see from your post, you are always, always somewhere uh getting the uh getting the drinks there Keith so well um, you just
4: you know it, we 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 do it within reason it's always with the dinner and yeah with the reason it looks like a lot more than what it is I mean I have yeah. one beer take a picture of it and people think I got
0: beer all day long yeah well uh, I'm not there to, to ne- legitimize that factor not Keith but <laughs> uh knowing you it's it's very true so Keith you know we got a lot of things to cover. I want to I want to start with the Knicks, right? The Knicks are in the middle of a three-game winning streak. It looks like maybe they're starting to get their chemistry back, uh, a little bit. Anyway, trying to make a little push, and then they make a big trade, pick up Reddish from Atlanta. Uh, young kid, 22 years old, doesn't play a lot for the for the Hawks because they do have a a, a pretty good rotation, even though they're playing pretty bad right now. Um, but he averages 11 points per game. 40% shooter, 96 from the three, throw, uh, free throw uh, area. What do you think? He's uh, he's back to play with Barrett. Do you think this helps the Knicks?
4: You know, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I haven't uh, – all night I was trying to decipher this trade and how this really helps him down the road because I don't know where his minutes are going to come from right now. And he's another guy who's very streaky. He's been very good when he's when he's good and very bad and disappears at times. And one of the reasons Atlanta – didn't give him more of a chance uh was because of that now he's an intriguing player because of the talent I believe he was a uh he went in the first round uh, maybe right behind Barrett in uh in the same draft I think maybe number 10 to the Hawks um and the knicks don't give up a lot of conditional first round pick i think it's protected uh 18 and below so it, I don't think it's that big a deal as what they gave up but I just don't know where he's gonna play. But it tells me there's probably more dominoes uh, to fall here. Max Allen, I understand.
1: <laughs> How much do you think it helps that he played with Barrett before? You know, at Duke. Is that does that factor into it at all?
4: It, it could, but again, you're playing in a totally different system, obviously, right? It's been it's been quite a few years since they've played together. I think I think that familiarity will help them for sure. Um it just, I just can't get a feel for what the next move is. There's something else got to happen. There's just too many guys. Uh, I know that Atlanta was trying to get more. They were trying to get Grimes in this trade, and the Knicks said no way. So the, I, they really like Grimes. So I think there's more to come. The Knicks are playing well, as you said, Mac, four out of the last five. They're finally at 500. Uh, they're not that far behind where they were last year this time, quite frankly. And uh, look, and I think this team can still pull it together get into the top six, not have to play that play-in uh, series, for for lack of a better term. And I think there's more more to come here because I still think you may see Fournier out of town uh, and maybe a couple other guys. Just, but, just
1: but the, the deal with Cam Reddish, was it a good deal for what they gave up, Mitch Robinson, the draft choices, where they gave up a little more than they got back from the Hawks?
4: Uh, for the potential that he may give them, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. You know, the guys you get late round for late first rounders are almost like second round picks. I mean, they're they're crap shoots anyway. So yeah. unless you're drafting in the top 10 and this pick is protected up to number 18. Uh, so I don't think that it's too much to give up for the potential this guy could bring to the court.
0: If well, they can. Hardly. Well, I mean, I mean, to me, Keith, Nick's got to get younger. Right. They got it. They got to look forward yeah. to the future. He's only 22. Yeah. And I mean, You know, so. The, the the potential there. I mean, you say because he's streaky, he didn't play. I, I just don't think he could break into the lineup. Twelve points a game is not a bad is not a bad average for somebody coming in off the bench. And if that's what they're looking for, I think they made a good trade. If they're looking for you know a, a starting guard, maybe not. But if they're looking for some kind of uh, player to come in and play some minutes, score a little bit, keep the Knicks within within reach in the game, or maybe take a lead, I think it's a pretty good trade. Honestly. Yeah, he, 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 what I was thinking
4: was last night, Mac, if he could play the role kind of that Reggie Bullock played last year is what the Knicks could really use out of this kid right now. As you And pretty much that's what Bullock brought, the things you mentioned last uh, just now, um, including some good defense off the bench too. So I think, yeah, I think it's a good trade. And I just think there's more to come because, again, oh, yeah. you've got to figure out the minutes. The minutes are going to be very, very uh, hard to find if if once everybody gets healthy uh, for yeah. the Knicks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I can agree with that, but you know, they got older players too. You know, you got Rose there, you know, so, uh, you know, it, it might be a stopgap. It might be, hey, who knows? He may take off. We don't know for sure, but, um, you know, weird things have happened in the NBA. But I think overall, as Jack says, I think it's a plus trade for the Knicks, which, yeah.
4: I like you know so that and, that's, and you know finds a way to get these guys to play their potential a lot of times too so i think it's in that that that's that's the factor that we don't know yet and i think it's worth what they gave up for sure
0: yeah as much as yeah,
4: carlos think. loves kenny knox he's had his chance here bye-bye And I, th- I think
1: who might be on the trading block believe it or not would be ob Toppin because his minutes have regressed a little bit this is a second year and he's not taking the step forward in Coach Tibbs' book. You could tell. So I have a feeling he's going to be included in any potential deal, because he. De- to repeat the word, because he does have a lot of potential that teams are going to see in him. So he might be appealing to markets somewhere.
4: Yeah, his biggest problem is he just doesn't have a position. You know, he doesn't have a real po- He's really a small forward when you think about it, right, at, even at 6'11", or whatever he is. I mean, it's hard to get those guys to fit into it. A- to a system that like Thibodeau wants to run. And when you get Julius Randle ahead of you, you're not going to get a lot of minutes.
0: I agree. And you know, Toppin is, you know, he's a, he's an unbelievable highlight player, but steady, uh, you know, uh, somebody that you can depend on to give you 20 points a game, 25 points a game. He's not that yet anyway. So uh, we'll see what happens.
4: He's up and play defense here and there, which he just does not play any defense at all.
0: That would help. That would help him a lot. Um, Let's go to jump into college real quick. A couple big upsets. You know, i I watching college basketball. I don't follow it closely, Keith, but I don't think these upsets mean a lot. In rankings, it does. You want to win your division. You want to get into March Madness, and that's the big deal, right? Am I wrong?
4: No, I agree. It, it, it It's all about seeding for most of these teams. You know, everybody in the top 25, you know, they don't have to worry about, worry. about tournament. It's about seedings, and some of these upsets – the upsets are more important for the teams making the upsets than really than the teams that get upset. Look at UCLA, Duke, uh, Baylor, all lost in the last uh, you know week or so, and they're all gonna pro- they're gonna, gonna be one or two seeds. So it's not like they're gonna it's gonna hurt them come tournament time. Maybe later on in the year, you know, somebody loses the number one seed because of an upset. But right now, no, it really doesn't matter. But it matters more for the teams making the upset. Texas Tech, what a great week for them. I mean, they beat Kansas and Baylor in three days uh, yeah. in the last 10. So that those teams, it, it means a lot for them because they gain confidence going into conference play or, or as they are playing conference play now and uh, helps them move up into a better uh, situation come tournament time.
0: I agree with that too. Um, let's take a quick look at the MLB and uh, not a lot to, of course, report. I just want your opinion, right? I mean, no, no progress was made catchers and, and pitchers, I think, start next month. I don't see that happening. And um, are you worried at all that this season, uh, the first part of the season will not go off? Keith?
4: I'm worried about spring training being uh interrupted for sure because these guys have really not sat down had any real talks at all and the MLB while they haven't had any real labor problems in two decades thank you Rob Manfred for running that streak as well as everything else we can thank you for um historically they neither side does anything till there's a gun to their head and they got to do something yeah. if they if they allow this to bleed into the regular season this is going to be a huge Blackstein uh, uh on uh on manfred and, and both sides because this is billionaires against millionaires and fans casual fans don't care for this stuff they don't want to hear about labor problems if it costs regular season games that's going to cost the league monetarily uh in a big way i'm afraid
1: but i'm going to tell you the pandemic taught us one thing keith We can do without sports for a while if we have to, because when there were no games, we were getting along fine. We welcomed it back. And keep in mind, most people are fans of more than one sport. So if there's no baseball, there's the NBA playoffs. We're going to focus on that a little, the NHL playoffs, some other sports. So we'll get by, I think, in the summertime that's when it would have the big effect. If it, if it was an all-year thing and it was no baseball and the other seasons ran their course, that's when I think it would hit home the most.
4: Well, it, well, I'll agree with part of that. I won't agree with the fact that, you know, when you miss games because of a pandemic and you miss games because of a work stoppage, is two different things in the eyes of the fans. Will we miss it because there's other things to watch? Maybe not. But it's going to hurt Major League Baseball at the gates when they do come back if there's a – a stoppage of play during the regular season.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, nobody thinks about this, but it also affects the minor leagues too. Right. So, you know, the minor leagues can't play either. And, and it does affect. They play. Well, Just, I, I, they'll be playing. They've had their, they've had player
4: movement in the minor leagues this year and, and their seasons will go on as scheduled as the way I've read every article. So
1: I haven't heard this discussed, but it's been done before. Might Major League Baseball bring in substitute players just, you know, basically to cross the picket line, play games under the banner of a team?
4: I hope not. I mean, I think it's the worst thing they can do. I think the NFL made a huge mistake when they did it years ago. Major League Baseball did it uh, in spring training in the 90s with the last time there was a, a work stoppage. And I think it is the fans don't want baseball with scabs. They just don't want it. And it causes problems um with the players because some of those guys do prove themselves and they stick around and it just causes friction in the clubhouse and I just don't think it's a good idea well, at all. more than
1: that they would count the games and the standings when what? your regular players came back yeah it would be an oddity imagine you have a really good team but the scabs got off to a really terrible start that comes back to haunt. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll
0: tell you where I disagree with both of you. That would make the major league baseballs come back, players come back faster. I'll tell you that. That's what happened with the NFL. The NFL, in fact, it kind of weakened the union a little bit uh, for a while there. And maybe major league baseball needs that. I mean, well, I'm not. I want to see scabs play, Keith. But I'm saying overall, um, you know, the major league baseball union is the strongest in sports. And you know, I'm not saying it'll be great baseball. I'm not saying it'd be good for baseball, but it might, in the long run, be good for baseball because you know, once you got these multi-millionaires watching other teams playing, and may affect their contracts because of what they're playing on, it might do a little good, Keith, in a, in a weird way.
4: Well, I again, I agree with part of that. Remember something though, and again, it's probably a matter of semantics, but there, if there's a work stoppage, they're not on strike. They're locked out. So it's not the matter of the players coming back. They have to be allowed to come back, right? It's, so.
0: true. it's true. That's yeah. that's a good point. Um, I, the biggest thing that that I've heard and read about was the minimum salary cap because they're trying to force the younger, the, not the mm-hmm. younger, the smaller markets to use the money they get to at least spend a certain amount of, on players instead of keeping their pocket and, yep. and trying to build once every three years or every five years or never build. So uh, that's the biggest issue that I've heard coming out of these talks. And, you know, I can I could agree with the players on that. Some of the stuff I don't agree with them about, but that I could agree with them with. If you're going to get money, you should be using it to build your team. Let me without... ask
1: you guys this. Yeah. Why are the players resistant against the amount of playoff teams being increased from, let's say, 12 to 14? they will settle on 12, not 14. If it means more money to them to play more in the playoffs, I mean, why would they object to that? Unless it doesn't mean they're going to get any more money.
4: Well, there could be. It, it's I guarantee it comes down to money for sure. And there are probably games that they're, they feel they're not getting paid for, would be my guess, and unless they were to, you know, eventually win the World Series. So, again, I'm not – for different reasons, I'm against expanding the playoffs any further as well. I mean, 12 teams is plenty. Uh, probably too many already. You got that right. I agree with that yeah, 100%. To your other point, uh, uh, Mac, about the uh, you know one of the main sticking points, you're, you're right. I mean, why have a luxury tax and give it to these teams if they're not going to use it and they're just going to, you know, feather their own nest with it, not put it back into the team, which has been famous. Kansas City Royals and, and teams like that are famous for doing that. Yeah. And I don't want to see that. And the other sticking point is, and again, it comes to money, the biggest sticking point uh, along with that, in my mind, is going to be the players want – to be able to hit free agency earlier in their careers, not when they're 30 years old and, and they want to loosen up the team control and shorten that that length of time so they can become free agents much sooner than they can now or reach arbitration eligibility as well. Keith,
1: Keith, I don't completely agree with you with the Kansas City Royals. They signed their great catcher, Salvador Perez, to an extension. They put the money in for him, and they did win the World Series in 2015. That wasn't that long ago. So they obviously had to put money into place you need to because the World Series
4: winner. Right. But to Max's point, they're a team that does it every five it's years. Right, to the team this year win, and the rest of the time, they're kind of just feathering away that money. Keith,
1: now, Keith, when we settle on the Yankees winning a World Series every five years, we jump at that.
4: Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, we only win them every 20 years now. That's uh, what the Yankees do.
0: Yeah, I, I listen. I, I think there's so many different things that back being the scenes, and so many moves they're going to be making, like just to try to get what they want before uh, the fans really get upset and say, "To heck with baseball." And I think, I think the, they'll have it. I, it might, it might, it might take away part of the season. I don't know. We'll see what happens uh, with with what comes about. It's 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 a shame. That's all I got to say. It's a shame. I would agree
4: again. Millionaires against billionaires. You know, people yeah. don't want to hear that. They don't.
0: That's true. So let's talk briefly about the Patriots. I don't want to break the game down because we do that on Sundays. I actually saw a post, Keith, where somebody said the Patriots need a new quarterback. Now, what Carl
4: talking about now?
0: <laughs> now, now, <laughs> now, I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, he's a rookie quarterback. Right. He's in the playoffs. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying for this year, Keith, I get it. You know, their chances would increase if they had a veteran – a good quarterback there. you got to admit that. Their chances would decrease to, to in the playoffs. But it's, it is what it is.
4: Depend but I on question. what you're talking about, though. Again, Cam Newton? No. Well, right.
0: well we're not talking about Cam Newton or, or Mr. Mustache. We're talking about a quality quarterback. And okay. this leads to my question to you. If Wilson decides to go on the market, Rodgers decides to go on the market, and let's throw in Watson's suits get all thrown out. If the Patriots are able to get one of those three quarterbacks, would you be in favor of that?
4: Nope. Nope. Wilson's uh Wilson's in is early uh well, what is he 32, 33 years old? A lot of miles on him. They can you know, he was carrying that team for many years, so he's got more miles on than your normal 32 or 33 year old quarterback. Aaron Rodgers brings a whole another set of uh, uh drama queen nonsense with him. And Deshaun Watson is just never going to play in this league again. No. I'm happy with Mac Jones' progress. He means
1: if Deshaun Watson can play in the league again, all all lawsuits are dropped. He starts with a clean slate, a completely clean slate, no strings attached. That's what Mac means. I, I, You can't turn down a Deshaun Watson. Sure, was I
4: the case. sure, I can. Character means something still in, in, in a team sport like football. And and this, it, there is no character here. There, it, People overlook this all the time. Character issues mean a lot to a team sport like football. And that's why I have problems with Aaron Rodgers and his selfishness. And I have problems with a lot of guys. And Deshaun Watson's clean slate is not going to be – maybe the NFL will give him a clean slate – but he's not gonna have a clean slate in his life with the things that are, are still hanging over his head. And I don't well, who wants that around their 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 team? I don't. Great talent. And he's you wasted
0: know, You know, you would but with Bill Belichick and and you know, I listen, I, I don't disagree with Carlos. I think listen, Russell Wilson's still playing high caliber as you saw the last few games. Yeah, Russell Wilson is still going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Tom Brady's what sixty years old and he's still playing. You would not pick up uh, a, a Wilson Keith if, if you were the Patriots if he was available.
4: No, I continue to build on what I have. All, all I do is retard the progress of the quarterback. I've been building on the last year. Max, and-
1: you're talking about as a free agent with the yes. Patriots wouldn't have yep. to give anything up. What? Uh,
4: I understand. By the way, there's also a strict cap. We don't pay guys the money these guys are going to demand. It, 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 they don't just don't get paid that kind of money. Tom Brady? No, no,
1: Mac, you know, Jones will be, but Mac Jones is a really good quarterback. I think the problem is right now he's hit a rookie wall. It's a long, long season. It's a long grind and it's got it got to him towards the end of the season. Let's see whether he can regroup for the playoffs. He's got to regroup for the playoffs now. I, I think that happens with rookies like that. He just hit a wall. The season's been so long. He's been under so much pressure. And he's had a really good
0: rookie season. But oh, I'm not saying listen, I'm not saying Max Jordan's ain't the future of the Patriots. All I'm saying. If I'm the Patriots and I can get my hands on Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers for a couple years, let Mac Jones uh, learn behind them, or even even Deshaun Watson, free and clear of all the all the nonsense he's involved with. I think long and hard about that, Keith.
1: I don't think you could look back with Mac Jones now. He's been the starter. You can't have him carry a clipboard for anyone I agree with
4: that. going I agree with that. You, you, you just to have him, just to say, okay, Mac, thanks. Go to the bench while we let Russell Wilson play next year, the next two oh, years. Learn
0: from him, Keith. Learn from yeah, him. Learn from that veteran, that Hall of Famer.
4: Yeah, but you destroy the kid's confidence that way, and I, I don't yeah. think that's the way
0: to, to go forward. Maybe, I, maybe you're right. I I, I kind of knew you'd say that. That's why I wanted to ask.
1: Mac, you he's learned a heck of a lot by playing this year. Oh, a I'm not Jack.
0: Jack, I'm well, saying that. I'm saying season's over. And you have a shot to get Russell Wilson for two, three years and let Mac Jones learn under Russell Wilson, I don't think is a bad idea. Look, if this team was,
4: you know, five and and, uh, 12 this year and Mac Jones had really struggled through most of the year, like uh, Lawrence or Wilson, I would totally agree with you. But that hasn't been the case. This team won 10 games with a rookie quarterback who's been learning. He did hit the wall. But even last week, he made some bad mistakes early. They find a way to get back in the game, and Mac Jones is a big part of making some plays that get that done. So
0: oh, geez, I think he I'm not I'm not putting down Mac Jones. I'm not. I'm <laughs> no, not putting I'm, down Mac Jones. All I'm saying is that Russell Wilson would have made those mistakes. Guys, guys, What's reportedly on? Brian Florida
1: said to Tua late in the year, if I knew you were gonna play this way, I would have drafted Mac Jones. Reportedly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Flores, I'll tell you, Jack Flores
4: was a big over Mac Jones for years, right? We knew he was going to be a great player.
0: Well, listen, listen. No, you're not Byron. Stop trying to take Byron's thunder. Um, no, listen, Flores, one of the problems Flores, Flores had was he doesn't want to Sean Watson. He wants to keep to. He's a big to a backer. And word is, that's one of the reasons why uh, his disagreements with management is why he's out of there. That's what yeah. I heard. That's what I read.
4: If if Miami chose Tua over Brian Flores, they've made a huge mistake for their immediate and their long-term future.
0: And I agree with that. Keith, thanks for spending some time with us today. We'll have you back on Sunday breaking down the Patriots uh, and their chances against the Bills, which is going to be a tall order in Buffalo. Um, And we'll have you there to preview the game for us. Great job, as always, breaking down things. Uh, We'll see you on Sunday, Keith. Great being here. Have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy the games. You too, partner. So, folks, you see who's coming up next on deck. We're going to take our last quick break. We'll have the Philly sports guy. And I imagine, Jack, that he might be down in Tampa Bay. I don't know about it. You know, listen, Pags goes everywhere with the Eagles. He's like like part of the equipment team. He's just with them constantly. So I wouldn't doubt he's down there with them. We'll find out after we come back after this break, folks. Stick with us as we'll have Pags himself. The Philly sports guy um, will be joining us right after this.
1: When you hear the word asthma, you probably. When you hear the word asthma, you probably think of shortness of breath, coughing, or inhalers. Lots of things can trigger asthma, but the fact is that asthma doesn't just attack, it can kill. But with proper medical management, asthma is
0: controllable. If you experience shortness of breath, wheezing, tightness in your chest, or persistent nighttime coughing, you may have asthma. See your doctor and get the facts. You'll breathe easier. For more information, call 211 infoline A message from the Connecticut Department of
1: Public Health. Keeping Connecticut healthy.
0: Jack is a legendary Hall of Fame boxing writer. Mac spells cat with the letter K. Mac played football and baseball for 10 years, coached football for 12. Jack was a wiffle ball home run king of the neighborhood. Jack was a sparring partner of the middleweight champion of the world, Golden Gloves Boxer. Mac still reads cereal boxes at breakfast. Together they formed the Sports Odd Couple. Both know sports in every way, but mostly at odds with their commentary and opinion. The Mac and Jack Sports Show, 8 to 10 a.m. on Facebook Live, Northeast Streaming Sports YouTube Channel, Thursday through Sunday. Also on Spotify. Tune in and enjoy the show. Let's rock it, man. welcome back to the Mac and Jack sports show as we're on live Thursday through Sunday 8 to 10 a.m. This is our Friday edition as we give you some quick updates and we preview the weekend coming up in sports folks. Uh, Friday is always one of our busiest shows where we have a lot of guests in and one of the premier guests that we have in every Friday is the Philly sports guy himself. Jamie Paggs as we get an update with Philly sports a lot to talk about so let's bring in Sports guy Jamie Pags. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, guys. How are you? Not too bad, Pags. Are you down there in Tampa, Pags?
5: I am in Tampa. I am at the, the world famous Tampa Joe's here, which is an Eagles bar deep in the heart of Tampa Bay. Wow, I know there's
1: a lot of people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's an Eagles bar in Tampa Bay? Yeah.
5: Yeah, actually, there's a lot of Eagles bars all over the place, but uh, this is uh, one of the bigger, one of the bigger contingents. It's actually very close to where the Phillies play in Clearwater. And so there's a lot of Philadelphia natives that have moved to Tampa. So their their group here uh, for game day, they have anywhere from like 100 to 500 people that show up to this bar to watch the Eagles play every
0: Sunday. Yeah, they got a big they got a big uh, Philly fan base in Florida. I've seen I've seen the groups. Uh they they're down there and in fact they they join the show every once in a while and, and view us because they want to get up caught uh caught up on the Eagles, you know, uh, with their favorite guy, the Philly sports guy. So uh they do tune in every now and then. So let's before we get to the Eagles and we won't break them down. We'll just have a big discussion about the Eagles cuz we'll break it down Sunday give you a preview. Um let's start with the 76ers. I mean they're steadily moving up, Pags. They're like in fifth place now. Uh Embiid is playing lights out. He's he's tying and breaking records for the for, for, for Philadelphia. Even the great uh even the, the great Will Chamberlain, I think he tied a record with uh this week. Most uh, consecutive
5: over, 30 point games in yeah. a
0: row. Yeah, so he's doing his thing. Uh the 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 uh the 76ers are playing pretty well. Uh I imagine they'll make a move before trade deadline to booster themselves a little bit. And get right back in the thick of the championship hunt.
5: So the talk around town is that they're, you know, I've heard everything from out in Boston, you know, that they were going to be trading for, uh, yeah, one of their guys there, and now that they're trying to package Tobias Harris in the mix with this, and uh, I don't know, that's an awful lot of money to be sending away. Uh, So it's that finding a a trade partner is not going to be the easiest thing in the world. But uh, as long as they keep playing well, uh, I mean, the, right now they're not, you know, they're playing the lesser teams on the schedule. And these are the games they have to win. You know, they had a rough patch where they played uh, a lot of the higher-end teams. And now that they're playing some of the, yeah, I, I won't, you know, for lack of a better term, softer teams, these are the games that they should win. So I feel that they will start to get back on track. Obviously, you can only beat who you play, but Ultimately, I think that they are trending in the right direction, but they need it. They need a, a third guy. They definitely need somebody. Uh, Maxi's emerging as that number two guy, but that third guy that we were hoping Tobias Harris would turn into this season, uh, or anybody else on the team, is not really, you know, culminating here. So they're going to need somebody else to really pick up the reins here. How
1: come they never tried a Twin Towers approach of Embiid and Drummond? You know, they'd really control the boards if they, you know, did that. Well, you know, I think because
5: Embiid's a true number five and so is Drummond, it makes it really difficult to put them both as like a five and a five A. You can't really move either one of them to the four spot. Although I think that Embiid really is more like a power forward. He just doesn't go to the basket he doesn't get those rebounds the way Drummond does Uh, I thought that that would be a good idea for them to play some bully ball but they haven't done it and I think that uh, the coach really kind of shies away from it a little bit
0: Yeah I mean Twin Towers is all well and good in certain situations but it does slow down your team a little bit especially if you want to get out on fast breaks and you you want to get some easy points when you have two big guys maybe MB could do it I don't know if Drummond could So, I I mean, it would clog up the middle a little bit. But, you know, it's different today. It's a three-point shooting uh, league more than it is down underneath. So, I don't know uh, how that would benefit the 76ers a lot. Maybe once in a while, you know, maybe that would would do something. So, uh, you know, not a bad idea. But I don't think it would help the 76ers become champions for sure. They've got to make a move to to pick up that third guy. Right. I agree.
5: And I think that that's – especially with as much uh, bench money that – Simmons has got uh, I feel that there are teams out there that may want him now that that's starting to really start to fester some and as we get closer and closer to the deadline that that's actually I think that that pimple will pop
0: you got it you got a big fan Frankie James from the old city sports network saying hi to you Pags, just to let you know so
5: yeah Frankie James Frankie James is a good guy he's a photographer for the Flyers Uh, so he's and he's he's got a couple of things in the works so it's it's a Great dude.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Um, let's talk about, of course, you, I know you don't want to talk about these guys. Um, you know, I was kind of poking fun at the the Flyers a little bit when we had Carter on. And Carter is, you know, Carter doesn't get down and dirty like some of us do. He just kind of he pacifies things and stuff. So I was talking about what other teams, you know, that were lower in the rankings needed. Uh, you got the all-star break coming up second half of the season. I kind of made a joke and said well the Flyers need a whole new team, but that's not necessarily true. They've got to, they've got to, you know, they've got to kind of make some moves I think, Pags. I know I know you think maybe the season's over. I don't think it's over yet. I think there's still a chance. But the Flyers got to make some moves to get some 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 people in there to either help their offense and defense or both.
5: Uh, I agree. Uh and I feel that there's there has to be a, a major shakeup of sorts. The season's not over yet, but there needs to be an awakening of sorts. I uh, I mean I, I at the moment I feel that like Claude Girouse in the last last year of his contract here, uh, that it's possible that he's going to give up his no trade clause so that he would be able to go to a cup contender. This year, uh, I feel like it's time for the Flyers to retool the team as the best way. I, I mean, it, it, I, I'm not saying blow it up completely, but I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, I love Travis Konechny, but I think it's time for him to move on. I think that it's time for him to go to another team. Uh, I feel like that maybe he could get to his old swagger back. Uh, I feel a lot about that with a lot of the players on this team that they just have been underproducing. And that makes me believe that it's a coaching thing. And I feel that the coaching thing falls into the executive side. And I feel that the executive side is really a mess. And if that's the case, then the team's not going to be able to progress. Doesn't make me stop rooting for them. I still love them to death. Uh, But I, I have tempered expectations from this team. And I'm frustrated about the fact that they have continually underachieved and that even with this new interim coach, who I don't believe is the answer, uh, I feel that they haven't they haven't been able to figure it out yet.
0: Yeah, you know, you know, Pags, you make a great point. All the great teams, I don't care what sport you're in, it has a lot to do with the top, right? The top falls down to the bottom. If you're in an unorganized organization, normally you have an unorganized team. And some some organizations, even if they're good at one time, fade away, whether they stop trying to stay on top of it, whether they you know, whether they just don't they are just not as enthusiastic about the organization anymore. Um, You know, and that happens in all sports. So the Flyers are no different. The Flyers. I mean, you've got to have a manager. You've got to have an owner that's into winning. And if you don't have one like that, if all of a sudden they become, you know, lax in what they what they feel and what they do. I mean, it's time to move on because that's going to affect the team in general.
5: And that's that's what's happened. It's become a more corporate entity than – Ed Snyder was the face of the Flyers forever. He brought hockey to Philadelphia. He lived, breathed, went to the bathroom, Philadelphia Flyers. And that level of passion emulates throughout the entire organization. And when it's not there, it's hard to replicate, and you can't just you can't just wish it. You've got to be able to make it actually happen and occur. And I feel that that's part of the issue here that the that there's not a true ownership. It's an it's corporate entity, and because it's corporate entity, profits are the first thing that comes to mind, not championships, yeah. and that's. That's part of the challenge, of which is crazy. This which is
0: crazy franchise. because the most, the more successful your team is, the more money you're going to make overall in all facets of, of of marketing and everything. I mean, that's crazy. You would think that you know they would be really into. it. If I owned a team, I imagine well, you know, you Jack too. I would imagine we'd be all over it. I mean, that's well. You know what? I, th- there's been a lot of poor decisions made by by
5: the Flyers in. in you know, previous years that they're still paying for. I mean, they're still playing LeCavier. They're still playing Bruce Golov. And because of bad contracts, just ridiculously bad contracts to players that shouldn't have gotten those types of contracts. And these were decisions made by, you know, my favorite guy, Paul Holmgren. You know what I mean? Where I feel that he really backed us into a corner and, you know, We were able to finally get rid of some of the dead money that was on and like hampering our team when Hextall came in. He was able to make some trades and just be able – because in hockey, you have a minimum salary cap that you have to hit. So some of these small market teams can take on a burden of a player who's not getting paid because they need to make sure to hit the minimums. So And Hextall took advantage of that a little bit. now that Hextall's not there, and uh, I'm not a big fan of this general manager, he didn't really do much with the Minnesota Wild, and, and as much as a hockey guy that he claims to be, I, I just don't see. He's made a couple of okay moves, but nothing that's really, you know, shook this organization to its core. That's what's got to happen. You got to get, you got to get to the core and start to spread out from there. And I feel that that's been one of the things that the flyers have missed over the last few years, that even when they got, when they were on that run two years ago, that that was like a fool's gold of sorts. And then of course COVID hit. And then we went into the bubble and we did okay. And then until we got, you know, ran into the Islanders, yeah. but I feel that this is this is going to be hard to recover from, and it's going to take a few years, I think, to really start to put the pieces together in the right way to be able to. Yeah, hockey—you can't just do like an off season and everything's going to change. You know, it's and that's part of the problem here that this is going to be a little bit of a process. And and Flyers fans are patient. We've been patient now for fifty years, so it's
1: it's. We just want our team to be great. Isn't Bobby Clark a senior advisor? Shouldn't he have a say? He's iconic, not only as a player, but for his work in the front office. And he seems to be very critical of the team. And when someone's in that type of position and they're critical of the organization, that means no one is really taking their opinion seriously. He's 90 years old. I don't, you know,
5: well, it's a matter if his mind is sharp. He, no one's asking him to get on the ice, but no, no. But and I, and I understand that you know what I mean. But it's it becomes a matter of uh, I mean, same thing with Paul Holmgren. I, I feel like that there's still, there's so much of the old guard that still believe in the old time hockey that just doesn't equate to this you know to the hockey of today. And the problem becomes that when you're trying to catch up. You're always behind, you know, and that's the problem that everything has been evolving. Speed and finesse and crisp passing is the way of the NHL now, and the Flyers haven't caught on to that yet. You know, it's just they just don't have those players that have the speed or the size to be able, because if you're not doing that, you got to put body on people, which means that you got to keep up with the other team. And so they don't have the speed. They do have the weight, but they just don't have the ability to catch these guys. And I feel that that's part of the problem. You know, that the, you know, like last night they lost three to two really should have been an eight to two game. Boston should have really crushed us. I feel like I, you know, I didn't watch all the game, but I felt like Boston maybe took their foot off the gas a little bit and let the Flyers back in it. Some to, you know, make it as close to game as it was, but they really should have crushed the Flyers because they were just coming back from COVID. They were still not really 100%. And, you know, it was their first time back on the ice here in a live situation in like two weeks.
0: So Pax, let's let's turn away from hockey real quick. I just want your opinion before we get to the Eagles. Of course, the major league baseball talks, nothing happened again. I don't expect anything to happen to last minute. It may even affect the season. What do you what do you what are your thoughts? Are you are you worried about the season uh the first part of the season not playing this year to a certain extent?
5: I feel that it's going uh, it's it's going obviously it's coming down to money and i feel that some of these baseball players more than you know baseball and basketball i feel are like so out of touch with the way that these salaries are done and i understand that this money is like ungodly we're talking about so many zeros but when when players are getting you know, forty million dollars a year at thirty-seven years old. I mean, sure not that good of a pitcher. I in fact, I don't think anybody in baseball is that good of a player that they deserve forty million dollars a year. And because there's no cash forty three
1: it, packs, it's forty three in the third.
5: Exactly. There you go. So three years, uh, and he's yeah, allowed and,
1: to opt out after the second year if he wants.
5: Yeah, and I can imagine that he's not going to because at 39 years old, it's going to be hard-pressed to find somebody who's going to want to give him 50 because that would be the only reason why I would opt out. But that being said, it's as long as these numbers are going to continue to escalate like this, it's going to, it's going to create a, a vacuum where only the high-priced teams are going to be able to afford these players and win these games, and everybody else is going to struggle. Uh, but baseball always seems to find a way to right itself. You know, the, the, small, the small market teams always seem to actually have somebody in there competing. And they usually become the national darlings because they're the ones that they're, they're the, the lunch pan, you know, the lunchbox kids, the ones that bring when, their well, lunch pail Max, to work.
1: But didn't you have a smile on your face when the Phillies signed Bryce Harper to the 13 year deal? Uh, Of course,
5: of course, but they're also, he did things very specific in his contract that made it so like, he's like, I don't want to go anywhere else. You know, I don't need every penny. You know what I mean? That's why he went 13 years and and did the longevity because, one, he wants to set up roots in a place. He knows what Philadelphia is like. He knows that if we win a championship, we build a statue. That's how that works in Philadelphia. So how do you not want to go play for a place that's that passionate? And that's what he feels. He feels the passion. So the fact that he did those types of things, what I don't like is that when he got here, he started to talk about Mike Trout. And then, of course, they had to give him, you know, $150 billion to stay in in Los Angeles because they knew his contract was coming up. So, yeah, I felt that that might have been a little bit of, uh, you know, too much for him to see even bring him up because I think we could have had him. He would have come back home here if he made it to free agency. But
0: well, you know, that you know is what it I, is. I don't disagree with a lot you said there. But I, but you know, it's partly the owner's fault too. They're paying these salaries. They are, they're signing them to these salaries, and for some reason, they can't stick together like other sports do and say, you know, we're not going to pay anybody thirty million dollars a year. We're going to pay you twenty five. But everybody wants to win, right? So even with you, with Bryce Harper, of course you're happy. You're the fan of the Phillies. You're glad they signed him to a big contract, and that's where the problem—the problem comes from. So uh, I don't know right. if there'll ever be an answer to it. So let's get to the Eagles. Like I said, we're not going to break down the game. We'll we'll have you do that uh, Sunday live. But the biggest the biggest concern I got is you're going up against a veteran quarterback with a rookie quarterback, uh, basically. I mean, second year, yeah. Um, Who's known to make mistakes. I mean, he's, he's going to be good. I think he's going to be a good quarterback for you all for years. Big spot. Um, what do you think about Jalen Hurts? And I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Keith. Offseason, Russell Wilson becomes available. Aaron Rodgers becomes available. Deshaun Watson's nonsense is all gone. Don, Would you take one of those quarterbacks and have Hertz go back to the bench for a couple of years? No, no,
5: uh, definitely not with Russell. Definitely not with Deshaun. Uh, I, I mean, I guess you'd have to sniff around Rogers, uh, but I, I think that again, what are you having him here for two years? You better have all the other pieces in place uh, to do that. I think that, I think that would be anti-productive. And I feel that the team grows as a unit and the moment that you pull away one of the big roots out of the flowers, you know, that flower is going to like likely wilt and die. And it doesn't matter how strong of miracle grow you put into the plant. So to talk, yeah, you know, to talk about the flowers and the plants and such like that, I, I feel that it, even Rogers would still have to learn this team that it would still take a year or two that Brady going down there. It took him most of the season to get accustomed to his players before he was able to go on that win streak and then go through the playoffs that in the beginning, it looked very, he looked very pedestrian and they weren't winning all those games. And then of course they made it to the playoffs and, and was able to figure it out. Now, of course that's Tom Brady. Now is Rogers going to be able to do that? I mean, we saw Favre go to a couple of teams and not be able to pull it off. Minnesota uh, yeah.
0: championship, Pags took up the championship, took the right and lost, took yes yeah, barely, and I mean he got beat up.
5: I mean, uh, no, but and then think think about uh, Peyton Manning, same situation. He went there to to Denver, Roger got him to, to the, the playoffs, Bowl. and they 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 won the to... Super Bowl, but it took yeah. them
1: three years. So I, I mean those. I... are – The two Super Bowls in four years with Denver, so he did figure it out. Right, of course, but it took
5: time. It's not something that just happens overnight is what I'm getting at. And that's that's the problem with this. You can't get rid of your quarterback now that you've started to build a rapport with. The team has got a rapport with this guy. They rally around him, and if you're going to then just pluck that guy out and insert somebody else, it's going to take time for that team to rally you know, around that you know, person. You know,
0: you know, Pax, you're talking about two Hall of Fame quarterbacks that still can wing the ball are smarter than than right now than Hurts and a potential 23-year-old quarterback that is one of the best in the league. And you're saying no to that. It's interesting to me. Keith said no about Mac Jones too. It's really interesting to me how fans, I mean, no matter who you're giving them. I think it would be crazy not to pick up one of those quarterbacks. Let Hurts learn behind him for a few years. The but whole
5: think- Deshaun Watson thing, I, I understand about Deshaun Watson. Like that that has an intriguing level to it, except for the fact that he had all the, you know, he yeah. carries the baggage with it. him. And that's the problem. Whether it's all cleared away or not, he's still got the baggage with him. You know, the same thing with the same thing with, you know, uh What's his face over and Green Bay? You know yeah, what I mean? I just I feel that yeah, Rogers. He's uh, he's not going to. He's got a little bit of baggage with him. You know, he was of discontent in Green Bay, and he come here and then lose the first couple of games. And I, what's he? Is he going to do the relax speech? Relax. You know what I mean? Like he's going to tell Eagles fans to relax. Eagles fans will eat Rogers is
1: not going to want to come to Philadelphia. No, no we're, way. We're not it's not high. Here. Russell Wilson, possibly, you know, if he moves on from Seattle, that's a real possibility. And I think Russell Wilson's on the downtrend of his career,
5: you know, so it's.
1: The question's this, okay, with Deshaun Watson, that's the possibility that's intriguing. Can Jalen Hurts ever become an elite NFL quarterback? Deshaun Watson's already an elite NFL quarterback. Can Jalen Hurts ever approach that level? So are you able to say that Deshaun
5: Watson is an elite quarterback when now he's not played for a year? Is he going to be able to come back and just pick it up like where he left it off? You know, like that's the hard part. Eventually
1: he's going to be back. He's going to be allowed to play. The NFL is going to clear him at some point. Okay. So Jalen Hurts, all he's he's done is win. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football. Once he's allowed to play, he becomes one of the best quarterbacks in football. Once he sheds the rust, of course.
5: Uh, all Jalen Hurts on his win. Uh, like I said, his father was I a coach. love Jalen Hurts. I my, I uh, I love and, him too, and I feel that I feel that's that is going to, that plays much more of a part than just inserting some old guy to come in here who's won some. You know what that's I mean? True. I get that's it. True. I get it. It's Rogers.
0: Really it's my public
1: Rogers is not going to be just, there. Well, well that's though. not
0: that. That wasn't the scenario, Jack. It's one of those three quarterbacks go there. It's just interesting to me. That we just had Keith on saying the same thing about Mac Jones as you're saying, and you know you're both in the playoffs, and I, I get it, I get it. But you have Russell Wilson, who at the end of this year carried the Seattle Seahawks to to wins, and is still uh, going to be good for three years. Rogers is going to be good for, I mean, great. We're not saying good, we're saying great for another couple of years. And you got a shot to getting maybe one of the one of the top. And I I agree with everything you said about Watson. Yeah, Jack says he'll be back. He may he may go to jail. I don't know. I can't say that. But the, the thing is, if it the slate was cleaned off and he was allowed to play, you have a quarterback that was in a top three when he played amongst all these great quarterbacks, and you still say Jalen Hurts. It's very interesting to me. I'm going to uh, say no, that let's, let's
1: us Let's spin it another way, Mac. Not PAX, not your opinion, PAX. The Eagle fan base, what would they want? Not you, the Eagle
5: fan
3: base.
1: Uh, I mean,
5: I, I obviously it's got to be something that would be real uh before you'd be able to get the pulse there is i mean there's a lot of eagles fans that clamor for quarterback controversy all the time Uh, yeah the moment Minshew, the moment Minshew had a good game against the jets i mean i'm glad that he played against dallas because it showed exactly what Minshew was made of it's like he's just he's just an average quarterback Who's a good backup. He's a good guy. He's a rah-rah guy behind your number one starter. You know, and that being said, he's number two. You know what I mean? And that's that's what I see. So there is half of the fan base that kind of agrees with me. Let this guy progress. All he's done is prove to us that he knows how to win games. And he would be – I would say that he took part and was the reason – for a couple of these wins sure. so moving sure. forward moving forward that's only going to progress his his knowledge of this of mm-hmm. the nfl game is only going to get better why would you disrupt that by Saying, okay, well, you know what? Uh, we have a very small window here with some of our veterans and we want to win the Super Bowl right now. Let's go out of our way and make sure that Russell Wilson, if he's available, we're gonna come here. He's gonna come here and do it. And then what happens if Russell Wilson isn't
0: that guy anymore? What happens if he's what's happened? What happens if, if Hertz ain't that guy? Uh Pax. I'm 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 just there's a lot less I, money
5: involved with Hertz.
0: Well, I don't <laughs> disagree. I'm not I don't disagree with you. I just think it's interesting, and I, I thought you'd say that. I thought Keith would say the same thing. Uh, me, even with Daniel Jones in the beginning of the year, if they said, well, we get Russell Wilson, I would be, I don't know. But he, I understand what you're saying. You want to build a young team. But there's something to be said about quarterbacks learning underneath a great one just ask Aaron Rodgers that so I mean you know there is something to be said about that it's not taking a step back it's not saying you're no good it's saying hey we got a hall of fame quarterback that can lead us to maybe a championship and learn everything you can while he's here from that guy and maybe wait a couple of years and that's another way to look at it I like I said I don't disagree with you it's just very interesting to me and that's why I wanted to ask it. So, yeah, you know, this
5: this new generation is been is the internet generation. Uh, get it now, make it happen now. Uh, then you know you're gonna lose uh, you're gonna lose a player that way by saying, okay, you need to sit down and, and watch for a little while, even though this is one of the best in the game that's ever played. You know. Either way, like he he doesn't want to do that. He wants the trial by fire. That's, that's what this league is now. And it's, it's going to the young quarterback and it's, that's, you're going to see a lot of young quarterbacks come in and out of the league. Now, I think you're going to see a, a select few that get to move on forward. But there's going to be a lot that change over on an annual basis or a biannual basis. We've never seen this many quarterbacks move. Now, or even talk about moving, quarterbacks lived in a location forever, you know, unless they were no good, and then you you switched them out, and they would be out of the NFL.
0: So this somewhat, is, uh, somewhat. I mean, I mean, quarterbacks have moved in history. didn't Snead, Craig Morton. I mean, it has happened, uh, great great quarterbacks. But I understand what you're saying, two bags. Free agency is a lot more than it was at one time, and I agree with that 100%. So we're going to let you go. We're going to end out the program. I appreciate you coming in, Pags. Your opinions are always interesting and, and most times on, on on point. So well, I'm glad you're here. We'll see you on Sunday, and we can't wait to get that report, my friend
5: uh i'm all excited go birds baby yeah, tamp we on. take tampa down we take tampa down do you guys have an opinion well i guess we'll find that's out You exactly I mean. next that's all i'll say I think. that's, we'll exactly, that's exactly that's exactly correct
1: next we'll
5: find I'll be, out. I'll be, I'll be i'll be freezing up there but <laughs> i'll be all right i'll be up there
0: i want the eagles just to win so you're there and and, and lardy uh and you know, at the stadium there at uh, Lambeau Stadium, I would love. Hey, the they had me on the news this morning.
5: They had me on Fox in Philadelphia News, and they asked me this: How many games have you been to? I've been to all of them. I said, yeah. I hope I got three more to go to. You know what I mean? Yeah, after this game, I want another three to go to. And definitely. that's, uh, you know, you know. know, I'm
0: rooting for you, man. If not the Eagles, I'm rooting for you. You know that.
5: So, well, uh, we'll I appreciate that. We'll see you on Sunday, <laughs> my friend. All right, guys, all right. take care. Take
0: care. So there you go, folks, the Philly sports guy, Pags, always a pleasure having him on. You'll see him with the Eagles report live from Tampa Bay where he does his his reports for us. Uh, Jack, end of the show, fun show, a lot of guests, a lot of information. Uh, Tomorrow, me and Jack debate with uh, Dr. Paul Semendinger on our our Mac and Jack sports debate show, same time, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Join us if you can. We hope you can. Have a great Friday night, folks.